Hey, it's Ainsley. And hey, this is Maggie. And welcome, welcome to, to the, the Dumb, Dumb Blonde Podcast. <laughs> okay, so this one's going to be about depression <laughs> and things that we all like experience as like high schoolers. So both of us have experienced a lot of mental struggles like depression and anxiety. This one's real. This is like a really, this real, is real podcast. deep. This is deep, deep stuff. But um, we've all like experienced things most high schoolers do, and it's just a very real problem that nobody really likes to talk about. Uh, I don't really like to talk about it that much because obvious reasons. But there are a lot of things in high school that like play into why a lot of us go through the things that we do, like depression and anxiety. So, it can be caused by a lot of things, like friends or friendships mm-hmm. that end, or family things. Yeah, just a lot of things that can cause it, and it's just not really talked about, and it's kind of glorified these days when it is Definitely. talked about, which is not good. Like, depression and anxiety are not, like, they're not fun. And they're not things to brag about. Yeah, and there's a lot it's of people funny. that I know that joke about it. Me included. I don't joke about it as a whole. I just talk about and, like, cope with my own personal things um, by, like, making jokes and stuff. But I, I don't do it publicly. Yeah, I think that today, like, it's obviously definitely a good thing that mental disorders are more talked about. But with it being more talked about, there's more people who self diagnose and self-diagnosing isn't always bad because I know there are people who don't have the um, ability to get diagnosed, but then some people misdiagnose themselves and end up really hurting more people than they help by talking about it in the way that they do. Okay, yeah, I have an opinion on self-diagnosing. So, um, I've been, like, diagnosed by a professional and not I'm not bragging, like, <laughs> self-diagnosing my opinion is like sometimes people self-diagnose because of things that they've gone through and they believe truly like that is accurate and I'm not saying it's not accurate like a lot of the time someone can self-diagnose and it will be accurate but I don't believe that it always is because you're biased by a lot of things that you see online like people glorify it so many things online that just like are is misinformation like I was self-diagnosed at first and then I had to go to counseling and actually got more of a diagnose no yeah than than like what yourself because like you're you're biased because you are only seeing things from the media and when the media says things it's like oh you're lazy and you don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to take a shower and then some people think oh well that's me I have depression yeah like but okay. it's not always true so people like if you're self-diagnosing based off of your own experiences not like and in comparison with others you're like really biased but a medical professional if they talk to you and see your like what you're going through they can diagnose you based off of that and their like professional opinion because they aren't biased because they know like what they are talking about and it's going to be accurate so I believe that if you think that you have depression or anxiety that you should get help for it because it's not something that 
is easily fixed or just goes away. Because depression, it's not just a mood. Like, that is, that's, yeah. Chemical imbalance. That is something that is so, like, like, I don't know, misunderstood. Because people just associate being sad and things like that with depression, which is not accurate at all. Depression and anxiety are chemical imbalances in your brain. That can be genetic or hereditary. Yeah, just because you're sad does not mean you're depressed. Like, I, it runs in my family. It runs in my family. Yeah, we both, it's not just situational, it's also genetic. Yeah, like, okay, so this is really personal. Like, in my family, depression and mental um, disorders and diseases and addiction all run in my family. And that's not the only thing that plays into, like, depression and anxiety because today media is such a big thing in everyone's life, which definitely plays a role in insecurities and depression and, like, feelings of self-worth and self-doubt. But then also it's a huge factor whenever it's run in your family and addictive personalities can lead you to get addicted to unhealthy things because... Like, yeah, addictive personalities, when you think about that, you mostly think about, like, alcoholism or drug abuse or something like that. But it can also be behavioral. Mm -hmm. So that can lead to (laughs) other things that I have gone through. There are so many kinds of addiction that people don't realize. Like, self-harm can be an addiction. All kinds of things can be an addiction. and It's not just, like, materialistic things. No, yes. There are a lot of people who don't know things that other people go through. And a lot of people get judged and it leads them to do things that they probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah, like, yeah, addiction is materialistic, but it it is mostly behavioral. And it's not caused by starting, like, if it's like an energy drink, it's not caused by drinking energy drink. You're like, oh, this is so good, like, I'm addicted it's something like, okay, I drank this drink, whatever it is, and that causes you to feel a certain way. Feel better, yeah. yeah, so then your brain just, like, latches onto whatever that was. And it wants it. Yeah, and it associates your emotional feelings and, like, everything you've gone through to that feeling of mm-hmm. feeling better periodically because of whatever it was that caused, like, a serotonin boost mm-hmm. Or anything like that. And so then it associates that with the material which causes you to get addicted. Whether it's... It can be literally anything. It can be a person. Yeah. It can be substances. It can be... Like I said, self-harm. It can be Yeah, behavior. Really. So it has... It really has nothing to do with the substance or the material. It's the way that the chemical imbalances and your emotions play into it. And like... It affects it a lot, and that can be literally anything. For me, it was a behavioral addiction that led to a lot of physical symptoms along with mental symptoms. And so there's a lot of things that can also, like, worsen that. Like, if you have a fallout with a friend or you have an argument, that can obviously decrease your mood, but it can also trigger things like addiction or behaviors that are not healthy so whenever stuff like that happens it automatically creates like a pathway in your brain like okay so this person we did not like 
have the best experience so then it's not your fault that your brain automatically like associates them with negativity Mm -hmm. because it can happen like positively like something that makes you feel good and you're addicted to that or something negative like if you have a problem with a family member or a friend or something then your brain is going to be like kind of tricked into thinking that is the like root of all of your problems so yeah. then that's always going to happen which is not the case but that does happen a lot and then it's so glorified on social media and people they just think like if you're sad or if you have ever self-harmed or something like that then you're depressed which is not always the case it's people, not true yeah, I, people can self-harm and not no, be depressed. Yeah, I think that self-harm is so glorified for no reason on the, yeah. the media. Like, I have, like, literally, like, 7th, 8th grade, I'd seen things mm-hmm. that just, like, made me wonder, like, what's why it would like? people... Yeah, what's yeah. It, like, why would people do that to themselves? Like, all that kind of stuff. And it's just, like, horrible the way that the media glorifies it. It's horrible the way the media glorifies any mental illnesses. I've seen so much, like... Um, glorifying on EDs, like, throughout media. Yeah, that's and it's something we talk horrible. about. We can talk about that. It is so horrible. I see it on TikTok. I see it on Tumblr. I've seen it on Instagram. I've seen it on basically every social media I've been on. Yeah. absolutely okay. horrible. So, eating disorders especially have been so glorified recently. Um, and that is something that I have experienced really bad. And it's not, like, people think it's so good in that doing that isn't that bad and it's not going to have that many problems long term and it's just a short-term thing that you can choose and that is not the case at all so it happened to me during the first quarantine in 2020 and it's not just like deteriorating on your mental health but with your physical health and people like on tiktok they glorify it and they say like okay yeah like you can do this for a little bit And then, like, once you achieve a goal, then you're going to feel better and you're not going to do it anymore. But that is definitely not the case, like, for anybody, like, especially for me. So, like, once it happens, if you have an eating disorder, which it can, is associated with depression or, like, Mm -hmm. addiction, like, that runs in my family. Um, So, that addiction to substance abuse and things like that in my family it's not just that like it can be behavioral which is my eating disorder um and that's just like you can't just stop like Mm -mm. people on especially tiktok act like you can just stop and it's a choice and it is not a choice and there's always those comments on tiktoks where you see somebody skinny who doesn't necessarily like you don't know if they have an eating disorder and then like you look at the comments and it's always like okay i guess i'm not eating today yeah and it's like people don't see like how harmful those comments can be because like if somebody who actually does have a problem with that sees someone on TikTok, I'm not saying that it's, like, bad to shut your body off if you've worked for it. Yeah. But a lot of eating disorders are, like, competitive. And, like, when you see yeah. somebody who's skinny, you want to be, like, skinnier than them. And then, like, it just, like... It keeps going. keeps going, yeah. It's like a snowball. Yeah. So, for me, it was just, like, I thought, like, I saw on TikTok, which is... I've always kind of had problems with it mentally, not really physically and eating disorders it's so like commonly misunderstood that it's just about food it's not just about food it can be a coping mechanism for trauma or emotional abuse or something like that 
And so whenever I saw it on TikTok, it already, like it was already in my brain before. It wasn't just that. And so then on TikTok, they're talking about how if you just like fast, especially like fasting, um, you can just stop whenever you want. But then whenever you have an eating disorder, it is so competitive. Like you're competing with yourself. And so then you just say to yourself, like, okay, if I just reach this goal, if I just do this, if I'm better than yesterday, then you're going to feel better. But it never stops. Like, you keep going, and you lose yourself so much. Like, you can't see how far you've gone, and everybody's worried. But, like, it's so competitive. Like, even today, in recovery and um, therapy and counseling and stuff like that, it's still hard. Like, it's not something that you can really get over. It's something that is going to be a part of your life forever. Um, no matter how much therapy, how much counseling, medication, anything that you have, it's not just something that goes away. Like, any time um, I see a comment like that, it's triggering. And because it's not something that goes away. So then my whole life, I'm going to have a problem with food. And it's not about, like just getting rid of the problem it's learning how to cope with it and deal with it in healthy ways and continue to improve myself mentally and physically because it's not just like you don't eat a little bit or you fast a little bit and then you're skinny and you're happy it's like you keep going because it's never enough no matter how much compliments or like comments you get on it it's never going to be enough And that's just something that is not talked about. Like, people just think, oh, yeah, it's a choice. Like, you can choose to have an eating disorder or you can choose to, like, stop if you want to. Or you can pick and choose your triggers, which is not true Mm -hmm. at all. You can't control that. And there's just things. Like, it can be something unrelated, like a friendship fallout or an argument, and that can trigger the eating disorder voice in your brain that tells you, okay, well, that wouldn't have happened if you had done better today than you did yesterday. Even if it's completely unrelated and it's an addiction, but it's not a choice and that's really, like, misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And the same goes for self-harm or other unhealthy behaviors like isolation or things like that. Yeah, I personally have never really gotten to deep into like eating disorders because I've always just been at a place with my body that I haven't like felt like I needed to get any better um I kind of did have like a little run-in with it in this summer summer 2020 because um a few things just happened in my life and I was like okay well but it never was about food it was about emotional yeah it was but with that it was also like okay well if I was skinnier if I was prettier this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And so that just kind of led me to not an eating disorder. I definitely haven't been through as much as Ainsley's been through. But I definitely had a bit of a problem with food for a while. And it definitely is something that just, like, keeps going. And I just haven't had, like... Like, I'm definitely a completely different person than I mm-hmm. was. Like, Yeah, like, going like through ago. all of this... Help it matures your brain it does. so much. So much. And like that's another thing. Whenever I was sick, I would always be like, Okay, well I'm not really sick because mm-hmm. this person looks like this or this person 
acts like this or this person has to do this Mm -hmm. to get help. And I was like, I don't deserve help because I'm not as bad as them. Yeah. But it's not like it's a competition in your brain. But I always like I still to this day think that. But then I can't see what other people see like my doctors and my parents and people in my life that are close to me. They saw how sick I Mm -hmm. was and how much I was struggling. And they like I don't they weren't really like mad at me. But they were just confused because you can never really understand how you, like, are doing mm-hmm. whenever you are struggling. And so that's just something that is so glorified. And it's really, like, disgusting to me because nobody, like, everybody that glorifies it, that's another thing. Like, people that glorify it or bring, like, positivity to mental, like, disorders or eating disorders are people that have never experienced yeah. it. So that's just Mm -hmm. something that's really, like, upsetting to me that people that think that they understand. But um, they don't. And it's, like, you can't really tell people that, like, they don't understand. Because, like, you can't just tell people, like, no, you're wrong. Like, you don't understand what it's like. Because that's just, like, you're being the bad person. You're being the lesser person and not the bigger person. But also along with what Ainsley said, I was, like... Like, in summer of 2020, I had just gone through a breakup with my first ever boyfriend. He was, like, my first love. Like, my first literally everything. So, like, obviously, I was, like, over the top sad about that. And then my best friend of, like, four years. Like, the first best friend I'd ever had. Like, the closest person I ever, like, was to other than my boyfriend. Also, like, just completely dropped me. And so, Ainsley was, like, the only person I had. And, and I remember, and then I left. Yeah, I remember her like going through all of this, and I was like really worried about her. But I knew that like anything that I said like wouldn't help. Like, even if I said like, you need to like, like I couldn't just say you need to get better because like obviously it's not gonna do anything. Yeah. But um, that's something people don't understand. Like yeah, they think like you can't do anything really. Like yeah, they think that they can just like say something, and it'll help. It doesn't. But. Like, it's not as simple as that. Like, it's people can not. say, like, oh, I care about you so much, and you like, need to get better. Stop doing this. Yeah, you need to get better matter. for the people that love you. But you, like, people can say that they care about you, but it's not going to do anything unless you believe it. Exactly. And even if you do believe it, you might not, like... It might not really register, like, in yeah. your life. And anyways, back to what I was saying, like, I would, I, like, saw her, like, go... From one point to being okay to, like, in, like, two or three months completely, like, being really sick. And that point, like, when I got broken up with and then, like, my best friend of, like, four years dropped me. Like, right after that happened, Ainsley was, like, the only person I had. And then she had to go away. To get help. For, like, recovery for, like, a month. I literally had nobody for, like, a whole, like, month and a half maybe. And I just remember that was, like, the worst time in my life because I had just gotten dropped by my best friend. I'd gotten broken up by literally, like, the only person that I, like, ever, like, really, really, really loved. And it was just, like, so difficult for me because my mental health got so bad at that point. It was just, like, horrible. And I did some really bad stuff in that point, like, to myself and to others. Like, I would just, like, shut myself off, like, Everything was so bad at that point in my life. And 
it's still like not the best but I feel like I'm slowly getting better I always think that I'm getting better and then like it gets worse yeah it's a process it's definitely a process and it takes time and like she was saying like I had to leave to go get help for a month and I was cut off from everybody and I do like I feel so bad that I had to just drop communication with Maggie because we neither of us had anybody and we were literally, like, only there for each other. But at the same time, like, if anyone else is going through this and, like, myself, I feel bad. But I also don't because I know that if I stayed, I would have yeah, only gotten worse. Gotten worse and then you and I like, would have, there would have yeah. been no way for me to help Maggie. And we would have yeah. gotten worse together. And in no way am I blaming Ainsley at all. Like, I'm yeah. so happy that she's getting the help she needs and... Like, you should I'm never bad. feel bad for going to get help. No, Because never. you can't help others without being better yourself. And I'm not better, but I am, I'm, like, working for that. And that's something nobody can understand. Like, nobody can understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, people can have depression. People can talk about it. But no one's experience with it is exactly the same. No, not at all. Because you can have, like, it's a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. There can be different things going on, different um genetics going on and everybody and so no one's going to be the same so if someone is saying something about depression and you aren't super close with them it's best that you just don't listen because yeah it can be triggering for you like literally anything can be triggering and like there's so many things daily life that trigger me so bad me too but and like social media is one of those things but I have learned how to deal with that and that's like better for me. It's allowed me to be able to go and do things I used to not be able to do mm-hmm. or talk to people that I used to not be able to talk to or go on social media. And it's not like a race. Like social media is really toxic sometimes, especially about like eating disorders and mm-hmm. mental things. But going to get help and everything has led me to be able to go back doing what I used to like to do mm-hmm. or have hard conversations I would not be able to have. Like, I would not be able to talk about this, yeah. like, in, I don't know, June. Oh, yeah. June, I could not, like, talk to anybody. And it was really bad for me. But going to get help is a really good thing. And it should not be something that people see negatively. Like, I've had so many times where, like, I felt, like, embarrassed to ask for help or to get help or Mm -hmm. to talk about what I was going through. And there's still times where I'm... Sometimes there are really hard situations or really bad days. And, like, going somewhere, like, residential or going to stay somewhere is not out of the picture like it's definitely something that is often thought and talked about with me and my family and like my doctors but and I don't like talking about that because people see like residential help as really negative and for yeah and for people that are like helpless and that's not true like a lot of people that I know they would not see that in me but you never know how someone is feeling. And so going to residential treatment is definitely still an option for me. 
but people don't know that and like people view that as like such a negative thing but it's not like getting help isn't negative no matter what form yeah and back to like a lot of people do not understand and with me um I've been to counseling and I've been like um not prescribed but like my counselor is like told my parents maybe I should go on medication and like I said like all this runs in my family but um anytime I would talk to like my mom about it she did not understand anything that I was going through she did not understand how I could feel the way I did and like why I felt the way I did and like there was no way I could explain it like it's not really something that's explainable explainable yeah like I can't just like and there's not always, like, a trigger. Like, sometimes you just start feeling like it. And yeah, it's like, not always something that you can just, like, express. say. Yeah, like, yeah. you can't always just say that. And so, like, my family, we don't talk that much about, like... Feelings. Yeah, feelings are my emotions. So it's, like, really hard anytime I try to talk to my family, which I don't try a lot. Because, like I said, we don't talk about it much in my family. So whenever I do, it's, like, really serious. And even then, it's, like, there's really nothing that I can do to, like, express, like, how I feel. Because I know that at least one of my parents hasn't ever felt that way. And then the other one doesn't like talking about it. Yeah, and so that's another thing difficult. about triggers. Like, people can ask, like, they ask me, like, my mom or friends can ask me, like, okay, well, what should I be careful about saying because it could be triggering for you. And that's just not something that I can be like, okay, yeah, don't say this. Yeah. Because literally anything can be triggering. It's and just like, I feel like it's like the context that it's set in. Yeah. And like when they say it and like if I'm in a really bad mood or if I'm like in a good mood or whatever. Yeah, it can be something completely unrelated. We can be talking about like room decor and I could get triggered. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with other people. It's really just an emotional thing. And, and so, it might be like, yeah, like along with like the room decor, like... It could just, like, I could be in a good mood and you say something that has nothing to do with anything and it just makes me think of, like, a person or a place or scenario that, like, makes me feel upset. Yeah, and that's something, like, people feel like they need to be so careful around people that struggle mentally and that is not helpful. That actually, like, it's not triggering, but it makes them feel so much less of themselves like lesser yeah like it really does like I don't want anybody to like treat you differently like they have to hold back from saying anything to me yeah like even if it does trigger me like eventually I'll get over it yeah and it's not something that like you like I just don't want to be treated differently yeah like me, me and Maggie we could be having a conversation and I could even say something or Maggie could say something that's triggering And it's not about avoiding the triggers. It's about dealing with it. So you need to have people that you're really close with that understand what you're going through or that can actually help you, that are at a good enough state to help you. Yeah. Um, So then if we're having a conversation, I get triggered. I could say, hey, can we talk about something else? Yeah. And they would understand, like, okay, yeah, yeah. like, that was triggering. Let's talk about something else and just change the subject. Yeah, and I definitely do, like... It's funny that we literally talk about, like, how we don't want to treat each other different. But, like, I definitely do. I don't, like, treat you differently. I just really watch what I say. Yeah. Just in case. Like, if I, like, I don't want to say anything about, like, yeah. how I look in a bathing suit or, like. Yeah, that's, like, a known fact. Like, like if someone struggles with an eating disorder, 
talking negatively about food or talking yeah, negatively like about like your body just don't is, do that like, like that's just not even about eating disorders that should just be something like, like courtesy like common sense people shouldn't talk negatively about food or body image yeah because even if you don't have an eating disorder there's so many people who struggle with body image not yeah like eating disorders and body image are not the same thing no and even if you don't have an eating disorder you can definitely still feel bad about like the way you look and like yeah. in the summer and revealing clothing yeah so like the addiction in my family like that that's an example an eating sort is an example of why like an addictive personality can lead to behavioral addiction rather than just like substance abuse or something like that like an eating disorder is an addiction but it's not something that's easily fixed at all yeah, or ever fixed definitely. really and it's not something that you can just stop or choose for yourself. And I've heard that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like you can just stop. Like, yeah. No. There are a lot of people who just don't understand. who, And people who have never, ever been through it who like to try and help you. And it just ends up doing more harm than help. Yeah, I've heard a lot of, like, doctors in my family say, I would have never chose this for you or wished this for you. And I'm sorry you're going through this. And that's like actually helpful when people Mm -hmm. say stuff like that but if someone is like oh no you look so good like you're getting healthier that is really triggering when people say that but if someone's like I'm so sorry you're going through this that's different yeah but I can't explain why really and if something is triggering that's not like your fault somebody shouldn't like shame you for your triggers but if something is triggering you should have people that you can turn to to talk about that and work through it because you can't just avoid everything yeah and like I know people like a lot of people do know that Ainsley has been through this like it's not like it's not that's like hidden like people know and like I've talked to people before and they're like do you have to like watch what you're eating around her and stuff like that and I'm like no like I don't have to treat her differently. Yeah. Just because she has an eating disorder, like, if she wants to eat, she can. It's not something that's, like... Yeah. I'm not going to force her to. It's not, like... And a lot of the times, I think, with eating disorders, too, is, like, let them be... Just let like, them... Like, even if they're doing really bad, if you tell them that they need to eat... That's It'll not... be more like, no, I don't need to eat. Yeah. If and you even just, if they do eat, then that's more they're more likely to like relapse and not eat for longer. Yeah. If they that. are if you know that they've gone through treatment or they're going through treatment and recovery, don't say anything yeah, about that because about they know what they're like doing. That. Like I have a meal plan that I'm supposed to be following and a treatment plan that I'm supposed to be following. And so when people I'm like out with friends or something or like hanging out with someone and they're like oh, like, you should eat this, it'll be good for you. It Like, That's, it shouldn't yeah. be um, bad if I say, no, I don't want to. That's not an eating disorder thought. It's about, like, I'm following a meal plan, I'm doing yeah. what I'm supposed to, and I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And so, and a lot of people know that, and Maggie knows that. Yeah. And so then if I'm at Maggie's house, and I'm, like, I've, like, done everything I'm supposed to with my meal plan, but then I want an extra snack or something. Like, she knows she like, can eat that. I know I can. I don't really, like, necessarily want to most yeah. of the time, but I know that I can. It's, yeah, I never, like, want to force her to eat anything, and I'm never gonna, like, 
force her to do anything. Like, if she wants, she knows she can eat. If she doesn't want to, that's perfectly fine because she is on a meal plan. But that's a lot about eating disorders. That is a lot. Anyways, this has been 31 minutes. That's a long time. That is a long time just talking. But just, like, mental disorders in general, like, people don't understand. And people can't understand unless you've experienced it. Yes, exactly. And even if you have, you can't. Don't glorify mental disorders. If you've never been through a mental disorder, don't comment on it. Don't feel like you need to help anyone because or I feel heard, like you need to comment on it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of, oh, it's just your... Oh, just don't be sad. Yeah, just don't be sad. It's That's just a your, big one. It's just your mental, like, state. Like, you just need to switch it. You're just and, being like, just negative. Be happy. No. No, it's not just that. No. Yeah, I've heard a lot of... Like, just don't be sad. Like, you're yeah. choosing to be like this. No. And it's not like that. <laughs> if I could choose, then why would I choose... Yeah, like, I'm, okay, like this. I've heard that a lot about, like, eating or, like, depression. They're like, mm-hmm. why would you, like, or if you can choose too, yeah. to eat, why wouldn't you? And I'm because just like, it's not like, it's, it's just not, like that. Yeah, it's not that simple. Choose. It's like, it might literally. be simple like that to people that don't understand it. Mm-hmm. But to someone else that has been through it or understands it, they know that it's not it's, just a choice. It's not a choice whatsoever. I honestly used to think, like, before I went through a lot of this... I used to think like, like oh, you can choose like, to have an eating disorder. Well, I you can choose to have depression. Choose. Yeah, I always thought about like depression. Like I don't understand how anybody could go through that. You're and like, yeah, I've been through it, and now I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. You just think like, <laughs> never mind. They choose to not be happy. Like they choose to be negative, and they choose to like isolate or be alone in their room all the time. Yeah, you and that's don't just choose it. That's you not don't. how it is. Like hanging out with family. Like, that is a big thing. People are like, well, just go hang out with your family. Like, just leave your room. No, I don't even want to. It's, it's like, I, there's it's a not lot that of times simple. when I don't even get out of bed, like, in a whole day. Yeah. And it's and just, like, like, difficult. Obviously, isolating is not, like, good. But sometimes, like, you your need to. Your brain just, like, tells you, like. Yeah, and you need I to put yourself first. Bed. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you know you're having a bad day or you know, like, like if you're having a bad day, more things are going to trigger you. Mm-hmm. And so, if you know you're having a bad day. And you choose to stay in your room for that reason. Take care of yourself. That's, that's people fun. shouldn't say like, okay, just get out of bed. Like yeah, you can't be like so, this. Yeah. Because, like mental, like struggling through mental health or things like that matures you so much, and mm-hmm. you learn how to take care of yourself really, way yeah. younger than you most people. Yeah. And it's just something that is like permanent. Like it. Like it's not permanent to be on medication. But depression and anxiety don't go away. Yeah, you're... Like, I will always remember this period in my life. I'm still going through it. Yeah. Like, it's not something that I'm over yet. Yeah. And I'll always remember, like, this point of my life as being, like... The lowest Like, horrible. Yeah. And, like, I don't know when I'm going to get over it either. So, like, this could carry well on into my college and adult life. Yeah. I don't know. But a lot of it is just... Like it's a lot of the time it's not easy to get over. Yeah, like it's depression hard. and like we're talking like this, like we've been through all of this and yeah. obviously it's not the same for anybody else. Yeah. So we can't speak for everybody else. And I'm not saying like my depression or eating disorder are better like forever and I'm always going to yeah. be re- like improving or recovering. Like you I can always you have never bad days. know. You always have some better days. It's just it's it's not like 
a constant thing. Like, you're yeah. gonna have Like, you can be getting better days. and doing, like, the best you've ever done. And, and then the next day, day, you could relapse. Exactly. Like, it's not something that's predictable. Mm-hmm. Like, I could relapse tomorrow and nobody knows. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't tell... Like, you really don't tell anybody when you relapse. Yeah, like, you can't, like, I might tell, like, it. one person. But, like, relapsing is not something that's, like, fun. No. And it's not something to brag about. It's not something to be excited about. Yeah, like, like you could be doing so good. Like, horrible. I could have started recovery, and I'm doing so good. And two years from now, relapse. Exactly. Like, it's not there, something, like, it doesn't matter. Like, the amount of time that's passed, exactly, it's still yeah. going to happen. Because, like, you've been through it so much that you think you, that the only thing find that's going to make it, in it. Yeah, you do find comfort in it. Like, I have <laughs> some things that I do to cope that are not the best. Yeah. And sometimes I think, you know what, that's the only thing that's going to make it better. Mm-hmm. And so I do it and then I relapse and it's horrible. Yeah. Like there's things, like there's really good ways and really bad ways to cope. And both can have the same like effect on your mm-hmm. mood and boost your mood. But you just have to try and train your behaviors and your thinking patterns to go for the healthier coping like ways yes. and not negative ones. Because and it's not always easy. But yeah, it's not easy at all. Definitely not. But, like, that is something that you work through in therapy or counseling. And it's not like, therapy and counseling, it's not like, okay, we know this is bad mm-hmm. or something like that. It's about how to avoid it and yeah. replace it. It's not like, okay, just don't do that. Like, it's all about um, what you do in place of the negative things or the unhealthy things because it's not something that just like solves itself like depression and things like that don't like they don't solve with time no 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 like like you honestly if it's a real chemical imbalance it can solve with time it might take a good it might take 50 years and it might take a year but with help it'll definitely be a lot easier which it's something yeah. that a lot of people don't have the um, ability to get. And yeah. that's what makes me really upset. Like, I know that there are people out there who struggle with so many mental illnesses who don't and can't get help. Yeah. And that's horrible. But, yeah. But, yeah, I don't really know what to talk about. That was like 40 minutes. <laughs> that was a good 40 minutes of just spilling on. Just talking about it. That yeah. was so much that was so serious <laughs> anyways if you ever want to talk to us or y'all anything, can definitely reach out reach out my instagram is maggie g mitchell mine's ainsley i have to spell it okay. probably so it's a-i-n-s-l-e-y two more y's and then b-r-i-a-n-n-e ainsley brianne yeah and so those are our instagrams if you ever want to need talk. someone um so yeah Have a great day, y'all, and goodbye.